From Real Estate Profit Lab, it's the Property Preservation Podcast, a show for entrepreneurs focused on building a recession-proof six-figure business and the little-known real estate niche of property preservation. Job pricing, bid submission, contractor recruitment, managing projects from your living room. The Property Preservation Podcast gives tried-and-true best practices that work in planning for critical areas that sink preservation vendors and their businesses. Learn from a property preservation pro who has successfully navigated the contracting process with industry gatekeepers and built a multiple six-figure-per-year preservation business that has generated close to $2 million over seven years. I am Danielle Pierce, and this is the Property Preservation Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. I am Danielle Pierce, founder of Real Estate Profit Lab and your host for today's segment of the Property Preservation Podcast. Join us on this bonus segment as we discuss a super interesting law that was passed in 2020 for the state of Maine. What do you need to know about this recent change? I'll be sure to give you all the details. Let's get started. Let's talk about the Maine law, which went into effect at the beginning of 2020. I'll drop a few bullet points that you should keep in mind. Bullet point number one, prior to securing or taking other property preservation actions, a mortgagee i.e. the bank, should, number one, file an affidavit of abandonment, and number two, post a notice to the property. Now, here's where it starts to get interesting. The affidavit has to be based on personal knowledge, and the affidavit should document proof of abandonment. It's also required to have a statement that a municipal, county, or state official, code enforcement officer, or a law enforcement official was present on the day when any conditions of abandonment, as defined by the statute, were observed. Keep in mind that evidence of abandonment requires a public official's determination of abandonment of three or more factors of abandonment as defined in the statute or a written and signed statement from the borrower. You see how this is getting more and more complex and there are more and more layers being added. Now for the second requirement around posting the notice. The notice has to be posted on the front door and has to include the phone number for the Department of Professional and Financial Regulation, Bureau of Consumer Credit Protection's foreclosure hotline, and contact information to obtain access to the property. In addition, there should be a statement that the owner or occupant has the right to possession until the foreclosure and sale are complete, and it may request the locks installed by the mortgagee be removed within 24 hours. The servicer or the bank is required to maintain a record of entry by means of dated and time-stamped photographs showing the manner of entry and personal items visible within the residence and maintain these records for four years. Only after the affidavit is filed may the mortgagee take steps to secure and preserve the property. And again, certain limitations apply. Number one, mortgagees must provide a lockbox if any locks are changed. Working locks may not be removed or replaced unless all doors are secured and there is no means of entry, in which case only one working lock may be removed and replaced. With regard to debris removal, personal property should not be removed unless the items are hazardous or perishable. Mortgagees must maintain a written inventory of items that have been removed. And if we're talking about occupied properties, so if If upon entry, the property is found to be occupied, the mortgagee must notify the county or municipality, post a notice at the property advising that entry occurred, 
and take all steps necessary to remedy any damage caused by the entry. Non-compliance with this law can equate to a $15,000 fine. So that is quite a bit of information and requirements for this one particular statute. And again, this was passed at the beginning of 2020. And as for right now, this specifically affects the state of Maine. This is the Property Preservation Podcast. A show for entrepreneurs focused on building a recession-proof six-figure business. In the little-known real estate niche of property preservation. We'll be right back. Hey there. Are you wondering if this particular industry would be a fit for you? If so, we've got great news. We've crafted a short assessment that will reveal the answer to this question in less than five minutes. Please head to propertypreservationmastery.com forward slash podcast to complete it today. Again, that's propertypreservationmastery.com forward slash podcast to take the assessment. You're listening to the Property Preservation Podcast. Subscribe now at propertypreservationpodcast.com. Welcome back. Now, for those of you who are in the industry, you're likely very familiar with the typical requirements around securing vacant properties. Typically, a series of exterior inspections are ordered. Each inspection requires documentation on the current occupancy status of the property and the basis for that conclusion. Now, in certain cases, contact inspections are ordered in which the property preservation vendor is supposed to actually make contact with the borrower and obtain contact information and or advise the borrower to please contact their lender. In cases of clear abandonment, full documentation is completed and the property is generally secured by the preservation vendor assigned to the property. That's how it used to work in the past. Given the impact of this law and the direction in which it looks like the industry may be headed, let's talk about how it's going to impact the industry. Any Google search will reveal that there's been countless lawsuits centered around suspected violation of borrower rights and actual violation of borrower rights. There are constant horror stories online of borrowers arriving home to find their locks changed and their personal property thrown out, damaged, or even stolen. So it's likely that these findings are the rationale behind the main law is to kind of shift the narrative from so many borrowers coming home to find their items damaged to actually making sure that what's happening at these properties is what's supposed to happen. This is the Property Preservation Podcast. A show for entrepreneurs focused on building a recession-proof six-figure business. In the little-known real estate niche of property preservation. We'll be right back. In 2020, we launched our highly rated ebook, Baby Steps to Financial Freedom. It's a simple guide to help our subscriber community create some consistent extra monthly cash. We expected a handful of sales, maybe a few thank you emails here and there from folks who'd been able to pay an extra bill or two as a result of the side hustles that we shared. With almost no promotion, that little $21 ebook generated over $30,000 in sales in less than a year. And the feedback we've received has been incredible. People actually used the 30 plus legitimate side hustles included to generate four figures plus an extra monthly income. In 2021, we decided to turn that ebook into an interactive private membership community 
including one deep dive training on a different side hustle directly from the ebook every single month. Learn more at SideHustleHeavy.com. Again, that's SideHustleHeavy.com. You're listening to the Property Preservation Podcast. Subscribe now at PropertyPreservationPodcast.com. Welcome back. Honestly, I would expect more laws of this type to be implemented around the country to varying degrees, especially given the current state of the economy, the pandemic, and the crisis that is continuing to ravage the nation and honestly, the entire world. States are probably going to work overtime to prevent mass evictions, which is likely going to lead to a flood of other issues. So this particular law, the main law, is extremely stringent, especially the requirement to have a public official actually sign off on property abandonment. That is pretty much unprecedented in the industry. Nevertheless, we'll continue to monitor new legislation and share it as it becomes available to the public. Until next time. Join us next episode for another bonus recording where we're going to be talking about the employee versus independent contractor battle that's taking place in California. As always, don't forget to subscribe at propertypreservationpodcast.com. From Real Estate Profit Lab, this was the Property Preservation Podcast, a show for entrepreneurs focused on building a recession-proof, six-figure business and the little-known real estate niche of property preservation. Join us next episode as we share tried-and-true best practices that work and planning for critical areas that sink preservation vendors and their businesses. 